Welcome to episode 38 of Hobnails, Hoops, and High Cheddar, a podcast by everyday fans. For everyday fans, Christian Britt, Emery Kane, and Danny Rucker are here with you. And that was actually my second take. I screwed up the first take and we had to redo it. And before we got on this take, the guys were making fun of the way I put the picture of our topics on today, saying yep. that I we're saying that I use uh, uh, old, school, old school methods of um, technology. <laughs> yeah, TI-84 calculator to be specific. It was legit a my Chromebook, and all I did was take a picture of my the corner of my Chromebook and send it to you. It was blurry, though. I will say that. It looked like it was from a computer <laughs> back in like 2011 or something yeah. like that, back in the day. I just played, played Oregon Trail on that computer. It looks like you yeah. dropped your monitor and picked it back up and, and then scrambled to take a picture real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got some interesting topics today. We're going to a lot of NBA basketball as it's in full swing. Conference finals for both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And uh, we've got some college football we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some baseball today. Now, before we do, we are going to recognize our sponsor, Heaven's Door Tennessee Whiskey. Make sure you check them out. They will be coming to many places around East Tennessee and also in some restaurants that you can mix in with. Speaking of, drinks. Danny, speaking of restaurants while we're I've got it fresh on my mind. I don't think Heaven's Doors whiskey is coming to this restaurant that I uh, ate awesome. at last night. Maybe I don't know. You, you would come to this restaurant after you've had quite a bit, it's quite a, a bit, bit of too much whiskey. of Heaven's Doors whiskey. Yeah. yeah. So last night I ate it, uh, f- at at the Waffle House, one of the uh, fine establishments here in Seymour, where there's usually only two people working and 47 people dining. So yep. last Always. last night last night we got lucky. Um, Three people only. There's, there's, there's still, there's still only two people working, but there was only three, two other diners outside of me, Jen Maddox and Jen's dad. So we're sitting there. Uh, I get the all-star special every time, no matter how hungry I am. I mean, it's, it's, let's talk talk about the all-star special for just a second. Yeah. Do you, what kind of things do you put on your waffle? I usually get blueberry waffles. That's what I usually get. Christian, what about you? If I'm if I'm in a sweet tooth kind of mood, I go chocolate chip. Chocolate if I'm, chip. If if I'm not, I just go plain because their waffles are still pretty good plain. I go chocolate chip. Now another uh, variation I do, I I get I usually a scrambled egg guy, but I get sunny side up eggs and I get raisin toast and I sop up the egg with the raisin toast. That's disgusting. Can't beat that. Uh, <laughs> Can't beat that. You lost me at raisin. <laughs> Raisin toast is pretty good. I'm not a big raisin person, you're, but you're you're kind of the you're kind of the raisin of the podcast game. You are the raisin. You're you're just a dry. Is the raisin up. is the raisin the most popular thing? <laughs> I would, is, is the raisin I would, the best looking? I, I, maybe not raisin, but raisin bran. I think you're raisin bran of the I think the least told, popular cereal. Yeah, me and Emery were talking to someone this week that said that he was like the blueberry waffle of the podcast. I was yeah. the chocolate chip waffle, and that you're the raisin bran. <laughs> or the raisin bread, I mean. <laughs> who who were you talking to about this? Uh, I think it was, it was your entire family, I think. I said that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, think all so. your loved ones. Yep. Anyway, my, my story does have to do with the waffles. So um, our waitress was scatterbrained, as all waitresses at Waffle House are. Um, so she brings over like half our food, um, and she brings all the waffles. Now, my, the, my waffle is missing like part of the – 
like one of the you know that's in quarters like one of the quarters is like shorter and she's like she's like i'm so sorry i, I kind of messed your waffle up i'm gonna bring you another one and then she goes i'm when she said i messed your waffle up she pointed and poked the waffle with her finger in the place where it was messed up and i'm looking at bruce and jen like are you did did y'all not did anybody see this did anybody see this and uh nobody saw it i was the only one who witnessed her physically take her finger and go yep i messed the waffle up and poked it four times i believe i counted as she was doing it was it fast like boom, boom, boom. yes it was like, like it was like boom, 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 boom. or did she, I try, messed, or did I she try to get four right in there like i missed your waffle up bump i'll get you another one out of this waffle bump right here in just a second and then do you want this same waffle bump like is it four different ones like it was, that it was it was four quick ones it was four it was like she tried to it was like she did it and then she's like ones. i probably shouldn't have touched that man's waffle that he's about to eat i've never um, thought about mixing blueberries and cigarettes with my waffles before but it sounds like you had you had that <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's that that one quarter tasted that's, a little different. That's the moral special. But... That's the moral special. I did. I did wake up and my eyes were bloodshot. I think that was from the cigarette smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right. she did bring us another waffle after we had ate everything. She didn't refill my tea. Not once. I had to eat dry. Um, toast with no no tea. Um, now let me ask I, you this: Did ask she her write, six times? Did she ahead. write down your order on paper? Because a lot of waitresses and waiters, they'll they try to impress you, mm -hmm. and they'll come and they won't write down your order. Yeah. And you know what would impress me greatly is if you give me everything that I ask for, that would impress me greatly. Yeah. I don't care <laughs> if you have to write in magic marker on your apron. I want what I ordered. I don't care that you know what my order is. Yeah. How many times yeah, has that happened, Amber, where we've gone to a restaurant oh, and I yeah. said, this will be wrong, and it yeah, has been it, is. it makes me so mad. Just write down should, my order. You are not impressing to, me. To, to, to my, Christian about the last time we went to IHOP, mm, the crepes oh, you ordered. Oh, boy. That was also the last time I went to IHOP. <laughs> I can't even remember what happened. All I remember is it took about 45 minutes to get crepes. To, uh, my food, yep. Mm -hmm. they did, were you by chance, did you by chance order the uh, Rudy 2D fresh and fruity? No. I, I think I just ordered that's, strawberry. My, <laughs> strawberry crepes. My, my, my dad always got that from IHOP, and that's 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 their version of the crepes. It's one of their options. Is And so he was like, he would try to beat around the bush when he was ordering. He'd be like, hey, I'll just take, he's like, I'll take these right here. Point at the menu. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, Dad, what are you getting, though? He's like, it's just, there's still strawberry or these right here. And it's like, just tell me what you're getting. Rudy 2D fresh and fruity. <laughs> I don't think I ordered those. I think there's also a Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Jr. And he has, like, like when he wasn't as hungry, he ordered that. It's, it's literally like out of a SpongeBob episode. <laughs> oh, man. Out of that, back to that time that we went. They were cold after 45 minutes. Yep. And I asked them. So that, they've probably been cooked for the last 25 minutes, but. Probably. I asked them to take yeah. them back and. They did, and then they came back with new ones. And guess what, Christian? They were cold. <laughs> they were cold. <laughs> have you heard this? Have you heard this story? I, I feel like I've lived. They were, it. 
They were also cold and bad. And I have gone to IHOP one other time since then because Amanda and the girls wanted to go. And I bit mm. the bullet and went. I don't even remember what I got. I think I just got raisin toast with uh, a side of bread eggs. I think that's all, yeah. all I got. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. You know, I've I've actually on the on the same topic. I've got a uh, an interesting uh, a waiter restaurant story that happened to me recently that was kind of like a redemption story for me. So, I we went me and some buddies, uh, I think about five or six of us went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and up in Sevierville, and uh, we I think there every they single all, those, they also have only two people working always. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And they were they were very slow this night. And, uh, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings is a pretty simple place. Typically, you're getting wings, fries, and a drink, you know, pretty simple. Not a whole lot to it. And every single one of us were on our individual tickets, okay? Just a bunch of guys, no one on the same ticket. So, you know, it, that's probably pretty annoying as a server. I've never been a server. But, you know, we we had had the dinner, go through it. You know, they pro- I think our server made about two or three trips to our table. That was about it. We were pretty, you know, we were pretty good. We weren't loud. We didn't spill anything and so we're, we're going and we're, we're we're tipping at the end of the night right and my bill was i got a water and wings and fries that was it my bill was like i don't know eight or nine dollars maybe something like that it wasn't much at all so i go to tip the lady and i, I tip her like i think it was like five or six bucks or something like that on a nine eight or nine dollar ticket okay yeah Pretty generous tip. Yeah, well over twenty percent. Yeah, nearing nearing fifty percent. Whatever it was, it was slightly under fifty percent. I can't remember the exact number. I just remember I calculated it out, and someone had saw it. One of the guys and he said, "Is that all you're tipping?" And I was like, "Is that all?" I'm like, I just, it's like forty five percent. What are you talking about? <laughs> and and a few of the guys at the table were are, are currently or had recently been servers, yeah. and they were like, and I, so we had this argument of. Well, you know, I, I tipped her well over twenty percent. Like, if you're tipping twenty percent, regardless of the size of your bill, I feel like that's that's fair. It's not like I made her work too hard. And they were like, "Oh, you just don't get it, man. You just don't get it. You know, you just never served, never served." I was like, "All right, whatever." So anyway, we had this argument. I think it's stupid, whatever. You know, they all tip her. I don't know, hundred percent or something crazy for you know making three trips to the table, and hand us wings and filling refilling water. And the next day. Uh, I'd, I'd pretty much forgotten about it. I get a notification from Capital One that asked me if the tip amount was correct because of how high the percentage of the tip was. <laughs> Even though it was only five bucks or six bucks or whatever, Capital One flagged it because of the percentage to the bill. So they it, it literally popped up a notification. Is, did you tip this much at, at Buffalo Wild Wings? If not, please contact us, and we will. Did you screenshot the, it and send it? To I everybody. screenshotted it and sent it to everyone, and I said, "You all will never guess what I just got notified about." <laughs> so I, got, I feel like that was a redemption story. I got the last laugh on that one. Yeah, I so think yeah, I think twenty percent is pretty. I mean, anything, and, I did, and I did more than that. Like, yeah, anything twenty yeah, percent and over is is. I get that I had a cheap ticket. Good. You know, it was a very small ticket. Yeah. You know that, which is why I gave her more than. A dollar eighty or whatever twenty percent would have been. Yeah. Do you guys uh, tip the people at Sonic that bring you your food? Absolutely not. I, th- I think I do. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because I think they also only get paid server 
like wages. I don't no. think. I don't think so. No, they're no, not. No, that was my understanding. That's why. What, what about Craven? No, we're here to t- here to tell you that no, no, they don't. Do you Craven tip wages? I usually tip a dollar or two. I don't mind tipping at a place like that. That yeah. that gives you like a like Craven Wings. If you that's, get a meal there, it's like ten to fifteen bucks a meal. I tip. I tip. And it's so more people. of a sit down restaurant too. That's not, not acting like a sit down restaurant. I don't. I don't mind tip putting a couple dollars in there. I, t- I tip so people don't spit in my food. Mm-hmm. So, so they don't remember me yeah. the next time. So Sonic, I, Sonic I, people don't brought your food, right? <laughs> Yeah, my, my name, but for, for future reference, if they if they see Emery Kane, that's a pretty, I mean, Emery's not a very common name. So if you see Emery pop up there, they're like, man, this dude didn't tip me last time. <laughs> right in the food. What do you Save think they're doing? Do you think they're back there making the food and they look up at the ticket and they're like, Emery Kane? Yep. They were they like, have, that dude. They check, their, t- check their notebook of yeah, not they, they have a loading <laughs> spreadsheet. Absolutely, they do. Kane, Kane, Kane. Here he is. Yeah. He did not tip us. It's like July a, 19th, 2019. They've got, a, they've got a bulletin board of tickets yes. of people that have not t- did not tip. And if it's you a, don't tip, your name's up there. You're getting a, you're getting a loogie burger. You're, there's your picture in the back, like in the office when they mm-hmm. uh, they take put put Michael's picture on the wall for stealing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they tape those up there, and you're getting a loogie burger or loogie burger or loogie loogie uh, tater tots or something like that. I ain't taking much out. I, I will gladly tip a couple bucks to keep a loogie out of my burger. <laughs> All right, let's get into our sports topics here. We've got NIL. We're going to talk a big, uh, big uh, confrontation today with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Of course, NIL is the new thing that's in, uh, put in place this year where athletes could profit off their name, image, and likeness. And I don't think the NCAA made the right provisions for what is really going on with NIL, which is pretty much colleges are paying, finding way players either through boosters or you know, the collectives, which are now rectif- retroactively going back and trying to fix. But I don't think that there was a great plan put in place. Really, it was meant for college students who don't get a lot of money anyways to uh, make some money maybe signing autographs or using their name and image for video games. And it's turned into a way to bring in players. And here's pretty much a summary of how the conversation has gone between Jimbo and Nick Saban. Saban said that A&M bought their team. Jimbo said, no, we didn't. In fact, why don't you everybody just go look at what Saban's done and dig up some things on him? And Saban says, "Mm, my bad. I probably shouldn't have said anything. (laughs) So that's pretty much how NIL has that how it's being looked at now uh first off guys what's your thoughts on nil in general and how long is it going to take for nil to completely go away and what's your thoughts on this situation here with jimbo and saban um i'll go first i, I mean i think nil is a good thing because i mean you have a lot of kids um just like you do in, <clears throat> in a regular college setting you have a lot of kids coming from um you know low socioeconomic backgrounds that just need money and and with the rigor of any college sport, especially at the division one level, you don't, a lot of college students have extra time to go out and get jobs. Like college athletes don't. This is their only way of, of possibly making money. Um, now with that being said, there's gotta be some kind of regulations nationwide on this. Uh, apparently has each state has different laws on how NIL can be spent and how you can get NIL um, basically Texas, I think it's just open any way you can get it, you can get it. So, 
I mean, it has to be the NCAA, like, like I think Danny kind of mentioned, like did once they said, all right, we're doing NIL is okay. They put basically no regulations or anything. Else. There's got to be – I mean, I don't know if you can cap what a, a guy can make, but maybe like you can't make money until you're in school. Like you shouldn't be able – like it shouldn't be used, in my opinion, to get a kid to a school. Now, I mean, that's always gone on under the table anyway, I believe. Um, at, at Probably every school in the country has done that at some point. Um, maybe the coach has it, but boosters have. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you can ever regulate it to the point of, of keeping just people giving kids money to come to school. I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But I don't think yeah. NIL has ever gone away. No, I, I agree. I think – there's got to be some kind of regulation on it, but I, I don't know how that's going to work or it's going to take time before they can kind of figure out a process because it's such a – it's just like walking on eggshells trying to figure out how that would work. And um, uh, I, I think uh, to answer whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing, I think my answer is basically defined to the fact that the first notable person to be upset by NIL – was the most dominant coach in college football history. So it's obviously working to level out the playing field and not necessarily making it even more of an unfair playing field or giving advantage to the big schools that have already dominated for a while. So I think it's evening out the playing field a little bit, and it's making guys like Nick Saban nervous because now he, he's, you know, he's probably already been doing it, but now people can do it legally. Um, so I, I don't know. Do you guys side with, I mean, I think we all agree it's a good thing. It needs to be regulated. There's gotta be some upgrades to it, you know, as far as that, but like, who do you all side with on this beef between Saban and I side with, I side with Jimbo just because even if he is, even if that's some way the players are getting paid to come there, I mean, well, let's be realistic. Isn't that what we did with Nico? We've got a collective that's got him money to come here. Uh, but it's not illegal, even though they're directly or actively trying to go back and say, "Well, you can't do that now." But you didn't say that at first. Now you're now you're saying it all because teams are starting to get these big time players, and teams that Nick Saban doesn't want to get these big time players are getting big time players, and where he would have gotten those players. So he is completely fired up, and I think he realized today he came out with an apology. I think he realized one, I don't want anybody digging up things about how I got players there and two, it's not going to go away. And I've got to just, I've got to figure out a way to keep my, to keep these recruits coming in and just accept the fact that I'm not going to get everyone now. And I think he spoke without thinking about, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because even then, even if let's say Jimbo, let's say Jimbo's in the wrong here and Saban was right. It's not just Jimbo. That's doing it. You know what I'm saying? He just he picked Jimbo out. It's probably one of the people he shouldn't. It's a conference rival. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Jimbo coached under Saban at some did. point, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably Jimbo knows a few things. So I wouldn't yeah. have I wouldn't have really gone after that one. I'd probably go after a guy that didn't coach under me and know things that I did. See, I, I, I like Danny. I, I'm with, I'm signing with Jimbo just for the same reasons. Like Saban has been on top of the college football world for forever. I mean, then all of a sudden some top, he's not the number one recruiting class. My, my God, Saban, you were second. Who cares? Yeah. You were second. 
You've been second before and still won national championships. Why are you? Why are you so worried? Like I, I think he's, I think he's almost. It's like I've never seen Saban make so many excuses. Like he's made, like he's made, and Alabama fans have made the excuse about Jordan. You know the wide receivers being out. Like now he's making excuses. Oh, we weren't number one because Jimbo's buying players. Like it's almost like you remember how Dabo Swinney went on like just a two month rant last year about he just pouted about everything. Like things weren't going his way. Like. So he just pouted. Like Saban's almost pouting like Dabo Sweeney did last year. Like, well, things aren't I'm, – I'm normally the number one recruiting class. I'm normally – get everybody. Like, I can't believe nobody's coming to Alabama now, which that's not true. You've had the second recruiting class in the, in the nation. Mm-hmm. Calm down, Saban. I kind of – I'm not necessarily on either specific side. Like, I – You're on Jimbo's side. I'm, I don't I don't think I am. I'm, for one, I, I'm biased because I can't stand either school. But – I. <laughs> Like I, I think I don't think Saban should have come out and acted like that. Like, like you said, he's basically sulking and whining because people are now able to do what he's been doing for forever legally, and whether or not it's you know he admits it or not. But then also, like I would have been on Jimbo's side if he would have just came out and said like, "Tough. That's the way. That's the new way of the game. It is what it is. I guarantee if you look in your past, you're gonna find some stuff that he did too, and ended at that. Yeah. But he basically sulked even more. Like he like whined and. Like, like if you'll notice, like, like for instance, Tennessee is a good example. Tennessee has embraced NIL as much as anybody, and they embrace the fact that they've done it. They just, they're just like, yeah, we did it. But yeah, it's. I mean, what else? What other choice do we have? And but for some reason, Jimbo has to act like it doesn't exist. Like, why, why, why not just embrace it? Why are yeah. you? I mean, it's you have the you have the best recruiting class of all time, and you had a, a piss poor season last year, and you've done nothing at Texas A and M. You've done nothing in almost a decade nationally on a big stage since you won with Jameis Winston. Obviously, you had to pay some players to come play for you. Why not just embrace it? It's legal. You didn't break the rules. Yeah. Why do you have to act like you you earned those players from your 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 program and your coaching? Yeah, you probably did a little bit of that, but you didn't do it completely that way. So I just think I, I don't really side with either side. I think they're both ridiculous, and I, I would have handled it completely different if I was Jimbo, and I think – Saban's being a big crybaby about it. And they both got fined today by uh, Commissioner Sankey, too. I don't know if you saw that. I think that's the only real reason that, that Saban actually came out and apologized. And I also yeah, I also don't think that Saban is concerned at all about people digging up skeletons in his closet. And I don't I, – if Jimbo comes out and explains some of these skeletons, he's the guy that had to have done it. Saban yeah. just told him to do it. What's yeah. he going to do, out himself? Yeah, and not going to happen. Saban made me do it. Saban made me do it. The, the only time, the only time these guys are going to start telling stories is when they're retired. Like that's, yeah, that's the only time. Because exactly. if, like you said, if they start telling stories, like, well, how do you know this? Oh, yeah. uh, well, uh, um, Danny told me back in '72. You yeah, know, like you, like you were a part of it. So, oh, Saban illegally recruited somebody. Who who did that for him? <laughs> well, well, typically the coordinators would do that. Yeah, who was the coordinator? Well, I was the coordinator at the time. <laughs> oh, so you, so you did it? Yeah, I did that. Uh huh. That's exactly what the conversation, how the conversation would go. So I don't think Saban's concerned at all about people digging skeletons out of his closet. If he ha- if he had any, which he does, and someone was going to out him, they would have happened by now. I just hope like uh, like Kirby Smart, Josh Heupel, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, especially, were just sitting back and laughing, watching all this unfold. The last couple of days, like 
It oh, had, I'm to be sure pretty, it had to be pretty entertaining for those for I've, those guys. We've never seen anything in sports like this at yeah. that at that level. Those two yeah. like guys like that that are that respected, like yeah, that's crazy. Imagine what Coach Shesky coming out and saying and, and saying that about a, like another coach. Like, yeah. could you imagine like Hubert, like Hubert Davis, like them coming out? And yeah, them. yeah, yeah. What about what about too? Like uh, Fisher said, Saban tried to call him and he didn't answer. He's like, I, I ignored it. Done. He's like, I'm done with him. I'm, I'm not, done no, with no, him. No. Yeah, I, I like, I like that part of it. I was yeah. like, good. Why would you be best friends with arguably the, the biggest rival? Yeah. Why? Like, I, don't know. <clears throat> I do think. I believe that Saban tried to call him. You know, Saban was just being political. You know, whatever yeah. was going to call him and give a fake apology, whatever. Oh, absolutely. But I, I will say, I respect Jimbo for saying that and not answering the call and saying, you know what, let's let's figure it out on the field this year. No. Uh, it's just too bad Alabama's probably going to beat him by like four touchdowns. <laughs> All right, we're going to switch gears and head to NBA basketball. Of course, the Heat beat the Sixers this past week to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Heat's big star, Jimmy Butler, used to play for the Sixers three yeah. years a year. And I think he had every intention of staying, and then they signed Tobias Harris. And Jimmy Butler had made the comment this week, we saw it on Twitter. Yeah, y'all signed yeah, Tobias Harris over me. Tobias Harris yeah. over me. I did a little bit of digging that about on that year. Real, I didn't really do much digging. It was on basketballreference.com when I looked at their stats. <laughs> um, get this, guys. Tobias Harris that year, 18.2 points a game, <coughs> 7, 7.9 rebounds, 47% field goals, 33% from three. Butler almost identical, 18.2 points a game. Rebounds were a little bit lower. His assists were more, though, and a 46% field goal, 34% from three. Harris was 26 years old at the time. Butler was 29 years old at the time. And also, they had Ben Simmons, who averaged 17, 9, and 8 and was an all-star. So, I don't know if it was more like Harris over him, but it it, it was kind of interesting. I didn't really think about it at the time. But how how would they have kept all four guys, all three of those plus Embiid? Do you think they could have kept all four? Or do you Probably. think they just went with, went with Harris who had identical numbers who was, yeah, 30, was three, younger. Year, three years younger? Yeah. Yeah. I think they just went with the two younger guys is probably what happened. But I mean, probably obviously all these trades and stuff in retrospect, you probably would have you probably would have kept Butler and but I know I know right after that, I mean Tobias signed a pretty big contract. Yeah. Right there. Five, I'm pretty five sure. years, 180 million. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty big contract. That's huge. what thirty million. That's yeah. a huge contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the seventy six, and, and even in this the series that they just played now, like they had the two best guys in the series. I think we did. We talk about that last time. The two best yeah. guys in the series, James Harden. I mean, if you just had to play one on one, you're taking James Harden, Joel Embiid over anybody on the Heat's first of mm-hmm. all. So I mean, there's something just bad with that culture um, within the seventy sixers organization right now. If you've got two guys that are way better than anybody else in another team and they beat you in a series and something's wrong with the culture. It's not the players. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's gotta be the culture. Um, they bad. I mean, bad business decision after bad business decision, in my opinion. I mean, obviously you, you you've got to know something's up with Ben Simmons long before <clears throat> this ever went down. So, I mean, I, I think obviously they should have, should have kept Butler and, and Tobias and find, you find another point guard. In in retrospect, you, you would say yeah, 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 Butler. yeah. But you know, Harris is actually he's a quiet star. He's not yeah. he's not going to be in your face. But mm-hmm. he averages consistently twenty points a game. Yep, and he's capable of getting you thirty on any night. 
and he just doesn't have the moxie that like a, a Jimmy Butler has. Yeah. Who, Butler's got like this killer instinct, this little chip on his shoulder that that Tobias Harris doesn't have, and I think it's even more so now that he's Come not here. with Philadelphia. He's with Miami, who really, I mean, look at Miami's roster besides Butler. Who's the superstar yeah. on that team? Superstar. Nobody. There's not nobody. One. You got Bam, who's probably reaching the that next status. Yeah. yeah. If, I, mean, I don't even know if he'd get to that status, but he's up there. He's kind of a you know, lower tier all star. Yeah. Other than it's that, just, yeah. they don't have anything. They're, yeah. I mean, the Heat are just built on culture and, and toughness Co- and grit. Co- coaching. And, coaching. And coaching. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I. Th- I think Jimmy really wanted to stay in Philadelphia because he liked Joel, um, but I think Jimmy fits better with Miami's culture. Um, just just that toughness, gritty Pat Riley, we're going to just beat you to death. Like P.J. Tucker fits in that. Um, all those dudes that they have like just fit into that culture so well. Like We're just going to elbow you and beat you to death, and hopefully we, we have less injured guys at the end of the series. Yeah, I think the Sixers thing, a lot of another big thing that people don't talk about, well, no one talks about it in, unless they've played for the Sixers and then no longer played for them, is like the fans are ruthless. Like, J.J. Redick has talked about it. Like, J.J. Redick had arguably one of the best seasons statistically he's ever had, and he, in the playoffs, he had one bad game. He had a great series by the end of it, but yeah. he had one bad game. I think it was their game one and a round two, and they were like booing him off the court, like lit physic, like literally booing him off the court. <laughs> I mean, I, that's great. Imagine, like, I think you have to have someone like a Jimmy Butler or a Joel Embiid yeah. to play in that environment and be able to thrive. And I don't know that Tobias Harris is is the kind of guy that would be able to thrive in that. I think that's why he's, you know, maybe he wasn't the right choice. But I mean, you look at it on a piece of paper, and everything tells you Tobias Harris. Their stats are yeah. even. He's younger. You can pay him less now. I and think. I think they want to win now. <clears throat> and we'll we may get into this with a little bit with baseball later, but I think those those people look too much on paper. Like there's some intangibles yeah. that Jimmy Butler has that you can't see on paper. Like yeah, the, the dude is is probably the, one of the toughest guys in the NBA. Um, but that's not on paper. I mean, you you you've got to look. And I think NBA execs all the time just look on paper. On paper, this works. On paper, this works. Like all the time on paper. I mean. In the real world, in the real game, when a game starts, like there are things Jimmy Butler does that don't show up on paper. Yep. Quote of the week, Christian. Still sticking with NBA. Quote of the week here. Uh, when I saw this quote, I screenshot it. I was like, "Oh man, this is this is crazy. This is as big as this is going to get." But then it got even huge, even more huge, and the situation has bubbled up. Even huger. Even huger. <laughs> so this comes from uh, from Boston. Huger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from from Pat Beverly, and it's in regards to uh, no surprise here. Anyone who's listening and has turned their TV on the last five days, it's about CP3. It says CP3 can't guard anybody, man. Everybody in the NBA know that. He's like those cones in the summer that you dribble around. Give him that Ben Simmons slander. And when I saw that, I thought, and I like that. Is, is this the same? That, <laughs> I said, I'll say, is this from that Twitter account that Emory gets all his statistics that he brings up on the podcast? That, we, that was we one talked? time. And, and Danny got got. 
God, it wasn't God. the same. It wasn't the same one though. It wasn't the same. I got, I got got on Devin Booker. Yep. Um, <laughs> somebody tagged the the other Devin Booker, uh, Devin Booker, who yeah. also plays basketball. And he he said something about. <laughs> Sorry, I was in Istanbul. I wasn't playing. I was like, <laughs> he needs to not worry about being in Istanbul and uh, <laughs> yeah. making remarks. He needs to be worrying about finishing the series. And yeah. Like that's not the same guy. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I saw it too. I was like, "What's this dude doing in Istanbul in between the in between a road trip? He's got he's got one night off. He's going he's to Istanbul." Being a smart aleck on Twitter the day after he lost, get back in the gym, buddy. And it wasn't even him. Pat Beverly. Let's talk about Pat Beverly. First off, why why is everybody interviewing Pat Beverly all of a sudden? He's not even. Yeah, a, I don't know why. He's like he's providing gold material here. He's like. I mean, he's he didn't say anything before Chris Paul lost. Yeah, it's I it's mean, easy to say stuff after he loses, you know. This, I mean, this apparently, these these two guys have had beef and continue to have beef. Like, so it's it's well, not like it's, it's not like. Okay, Pat let Beverly. me ask it's you like, this: oh. if, Who are you taking in one on one if they both played Chris Paul or Pat Beverly? Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul easily. So I mean, it doesn't matter who he has yeah. beef with. We all know yeah. Chris Paul's better than Pat Beverly. Now yeah. Pat Beverly, all of a sudden, he's making this big deal because he's out and Chris Paul's out. And now he's like, ah, you're out. So I'm gonna <laughs> say this about you. Well, he didn't say it all before. Now I know Pat Beverly. He usually talks trash pretty much to everybody. He's yeah. not really afraid of anybody. But I just no. think the timing's a little bit bad. If you want to say something bad about him, say it when say it during the series, and then yeah. let him show you it. Look, you know, prove you wrong or prove you right. One of the two. Easy to Pat, say it when they're they're done. I think yeah. Pat Bev saw that uh, Kendrick Perkins, who is the least talented media person in the history of sports media, can <coughs> can has made a job out of just ridiculously stupid takes. And so he's like, I'm going to try to do this now too. <laughs> but I will say, I I will give Pat Bev this. For for one, there's not many people other than like super close friends with CP3. Which doesn't include Carmelo Anthony or LeBron, you know, the banana boat gang. Those guys haven't come out and said anything. No yeah. one's coming out and being like, Yeah, no, nah, he's wrong. He's wrong. No, Danny I mean, Danny Green has said something. Danny Green has said something. Okay. Uh, so, he said, then, well, uh, you can't guard anybody, uh, something like yeah, that. He's like, he came out today. Yeah. And of course and then, JJ, uh, JJ has. JJ has. And then um But that's it. Matt, I mean, Matt Barnes, other, I think. Matt okay. Barnes has Matt Barnes but, is, is like because he's talked something. Yeah. yeah, he said he said, "He said, Pat, we're CP3 is a Hall of Famer. We're role guys. We're role players. Like, Pat, you're a role player. Shut up." Yeah. Here's what Danny Green. Here's what Danny okay. Green said. He said, "People target you too, Pat Bev. You ain't playing no f defense out there. You ain't stopping Luca. Time to time, I hear Luca call you little man, and says you're too small and go right at you every chance he got." <laughs> That's pretty funny. I yeah, will say, that even though I disagree with most of what he said, and I don't 100% believe a lot of it, I do think it's a valid point that Chris Paul probably doesn't get as much criticism as maybe that he should. Like he's well, he's, he's 37. Been. If you're start, well, no, I'm not 30. not not this year though. I'm saying yeah. historically. I mean, it's it's always been a big hump for him to get over over like get a championship. You know, yeah, well, get to even get to a conference finals. Pat Beverly and, also doesn't have a championship. Well, no, but I don't think it's necessarily comparing the yeah. two of them. I'm thinking he's just pointing out a pretty good yeah. point. Like if you were to ask me, because I don't, I don't typically criticize Chris Paul for those things. And if you would ask me why, I would say specifically one of the things he brought up. Well, Chris Paul's a real likable guy. He's a family guy. He's president of the player, op, you know, player yeah. players operate or whatever. So the players union, you know, he's 
typically I mean, you, you feel there's like also like, really there's a ton of great players out there that don't get criticized because they're great players like yeah. that i mean in the past like charles barkley i know Shaq gives them crap all the time about not winning a championship but charles barkley's a hall of famer dominic wilkins yeah. hall of famer like those guys didn't win rings they're i mean just because they didn't win a ring doesn't mean but but those guys get crap for it i feel like cp3 doesn't really i, I feel like i never hear that i feel like I, the, the thing i hear about cp3 and championships is man i really hope that guy gets a championship he deserves yeah. it yeah. And he brought that up, and I was like, you know what? That's a good point. I don't think I've ever said anything about Chris Paul and championships other than, man, I really hope that guy gets one. I've also, never, to the, I've never also said he to the, Also, to the point that Chris Paul can't play defense. He's he's been on nine all defensive teams. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, and he's he led. I mean, all uh, steals don't always matter in defense, but I think they're pretty important. He led the league six times in steals. Yeah, Pat Beverly, you. Pat Beverly, who is supposed to be a defensive guy, has done that zero times. So pretty much, we're giving uh, Pat Beverly a platform just to whine because he's out of the playoffs. Pretty much is what we're doing, and Basically, it's entertainment. Yes. And it's entertainment. Yes. Okay. Yes. It is entertaining. Yes. yes. It is entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Sticking is. with uh, one last NBA topic, we posed this question on Twitter: Who's better, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd? And we wanted to kind of uh, compare two different players uh, or players from two different eras. But really, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd played in pretty much the same era. But it's an yep. interesting debate on who's better. And Twitter says that Steve Nash is better. 64% said Steve Nash. 36% have said Jason Kidd. Uh, Christian, make your point. Who do you think is better? Actually, do we want Christian to go first? Because he said he had a knee jerk and then he picked yeah. separate. Well, Christian, go ahead yep. and go. Tell us what you thought. No, no, let's go. Let right. Christian go last. Christian go last. Okay. Okay. I'll Christian start with what I thought. Of course, right, I, compared, the, I yeah. compared the numbers, and yeah. I, I will say that typically, uh, you when you get posed a question like that, you automatically mm -hmm. pick in your head. I used yeah. to tell my fifth graders this when they used to do a writing prompts. I used to give them a, a you know, writing prompt. It was either like, you choose this, or does this have like – do you think you should have more homework or less homework? Of course, they all say, less, less homework. But then they have to look at all the evidence, and they have to make a decision based on the evidence, and they're not supposed to pick until they look at the evidence. So I made the mistake of picking before I looked at the evidence. And I picked Steve mm. Nash off the top, and then I looked at my evidence, and I was like, man, uh, kid did have less points a game, but he had uh, more assists. He led the league in assists for about seven years. More rebounds, 12 All-Stars, 9 All-Defense, 6 All-NBA. The only thing he didn't have was an MVP, which Steve Nash did have. So I picked Jason Kidd as my as the best one of the two. But I don't know. It's, that's a tough argument. They're both just stellar. I don't know. This is hard to pick. Um, I'm, I went with uh, – I initially – same with Danny. I initially said Steve Nash. Um, he's one of my all-time favorite players. Just, just – um, just because uh, he wasn't a highly recruited guy, he wasn't a highly picked NBA guy, NBA uh, prospect like Jason Kidd was. Um, Jason Kidd did win a Rookie of the Year. Um, Jason Kidd was a ten-time All Star. Um, he did win an NBA championship, which I think sets, um, you know, does make a difference a lot of the times. But he rode the coattails of Dirk Nowitzki on the way to that championship. So I'm going to go with Steve Nash. I mean, he had two MVPs. I know a lot of people say one of those should be Kobe's, um, but he did have two MVPs. And I think the reason he had those two MVPs is um, just the level of efficiency at, that, at 
what he played. Um, I think during those years, he only averaged like 19 points a game, but he shot like 50, over 50% from the field from a guard, which is pretty impressive. Um, over 40% from three and over 90% from, um, yeah, 50, 40, um, 90 club. Yeah. 50, 40, 90 club, 90% from free throw line. So just comparing those two career wise, kids a 40% from field goal percentage, Steve Nash. And this is with Steve Nash the last three years, basically being a shell of himself, uh, 49%, three point percentage, Jason Kidd, 35%, Steve Nash, 43% for his year, for his career. That's pretty impressive. Uh, free throw percentage, 78% from kids, 90% from Steve Nash. Steve Nash had seven years of his 18-year career where he shot 50% or better from, from the field and only three years in 17 years or 18 years. So 15 years, he shot above 40% from three. That's just pretty impressive. Um, like Danny said, a couple of his numbers. Um, the, the thing that, that I did look at this and, and I went back and forth a little bit um, kid was probably a little bit of a better defensive player, but I just think Steve, Steve just impacted, um, his teams in, in a lot, a lot better way. So, so I kind of, uh, had the same theory or mindset thinking whatever as Rucker, uh, when I first heard it, you, you had that knee jerk reaction of, I mean, Steve Nash, come on, it's Nash, you know, and it's cause I kind of grew up watching him a little bit more, even though they were kind of the same generation, he was he kind of peaked his career kind of peaked towards towards the late to end of his career not the very end obviously but towards the latter part of his career versus kid who you know had most of his success early on he was a you know an all-star from his second year in the league so then i started looking at the stats and i thought before i looked at anything i thought nash is probably significantly better offensively and kid was a little bit better defensively and then I looked at the stats, and it was like, wow, okay. So they pretty much put up almost identical offensive numbers outside of percentages, which you mentioned, Emery. Steve Nash shot a lot more efficiently. But when you look at defense, like non-all defensive selections for Jason Kidd, I don't know about you guys, but I was I was surprised by that. I, I didn't realize that he – that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. Like you, like you get four, four first-teamers, too. Yeah, you get yeah. yeah you get you get one or two of those, and like they could be a fluke. You know what I mean? Like you just led the league in steals a couple times, and it didn't actually yeah. for that great defense. But like nine, that's that's I mean that's that's the bulk of your career. It's over. It's a little over half his career. He was he was one of the top fifteen defenders in the league. Basically, is what that's what that means. And a lot of the four of those, he's the top five defender in the league. And so that that kind of opened things up for me a little bit. And then I started thinking, okay, well. Now we're at a point where it's like Steve Nash was more efficient offensively, but Jason Kidd was way better defense. So then, how do, what do you what do you think of? And I started thinking about some of the teams that Jason Kidd played for, and really he was never on that great of a team, other than when he played for the Mavericks. And even then, they weren't like the Nets. The Nets were pretty good. I think they, they made, were they were they good. Made the they, finals, if, yeah, they, Vince Carter, Carey, uh, yeah, Richard yeah, Jefferson, they were, yeah, yeah, they were pretty good. But they they had Keith a Van Horn. Run. <laughs> I think Kevin Durant plays now for the Nets. I don't, I don't think he played then. <laughs> but, but typically, it, and they had a pretty short run. And then I think of like Steve Nash had the bulk of his success and his MVPs and all that during those Sun years, where you could argue the most valuable player wasn't Steve, or most valuable person wasn't Steve Nash. It wasn't Amari Stoudemire. It was the man who created the most powerful offense that the league had ever seen at that point. And so Which I was think Steve Nash. Who ran that offense? Steve Nash did. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't he run it before D'Antoni got there? 
because he didn't know how to run it because he never thought of it because D'Antoni created it. So D'Antoni should have been MVP. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I hope he got I at least. Think least you can. I hope he got at least a couple coach of the years there. Yeah. It probably should have been Kobe one, D'Antoni two, Steve Nash three, and MVP <laughs> voting. So then, because of that, because of the fact that I think arguably his <laughs> best, his his peak performances, his MVPs, the best, the peak of his career, it all came from an offensive system that had never been seen before. So people didn't know how to react to it. And because of that, I side with Jason Kidd. I think that. You know, if you throw out those that that D'Antoni offense, Steve Nash may not even be in a conversation comparing the two of them. All right, two more topics. We're going to do some baseball topics. Uh, Tennessee baseball, number one in the country. They are currently rolling. They beat Mississippi State, who is the defending national champion, twenty-seven to two tonight. Guys, uh, could they win the championship? Obviously, yes, they could. Say that. Say that again. Say that again. Twenty-seven to two was the final score tonight. Wow. On the road a, against yeah, the defending the national champions. 27-2. That's 27-2. 27-2. That's, that's not incorrect. That's not – you, <clears throat> you're, you're, you're sure you're not looking at a box score like two, <laughs> sure. two runs, seven hits, two errors? You're not no, looking at a box score. No, I'm pretty sure it is 27-2. It was 21 to nothing before Mississippi State recorded a hit. And uh, Dolander pitched six innings of no-hit ball and got pulled in the seventh. Yep. About That's, as here's the here's the Twitter Tennessee Twitter account. About as good as a win could be. Balls win the opener, twenty-seven to two at Mississippi State. Twenty-seven to two. The only thing I don't like about that is, man, if a kid's got a no-hitter going, you got to keep him in you, there. You're right. You're right. That's that's one of my topics on. You know what? Why is baseball losing fans? Our next topic. That's one of my – I have it written down here. Oh, I got before, some thoughts on baseball, too. On before, why baseball's losing fans. Before we, but anyway, uh, back to we'll, Tennessee baseball. Yeah, before you all get into that, I want to say something that I actually, I actually think differently about what you just said. So I think the the best you, thing that Tennessee could yeah. do – I don't think in general – like I think the, the People Kershaw – People want to see – The Kershaw thing the other runs, day is different. They want to see no hitters. But, but here, they want to see perfect games. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm, I don't hear want me, to. Hear me out. So you're you're talking about throwing Dolander in there, who had just bat just came off of injury mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, throwing Dolander in there, letting him just throw his arm ragged a week before the SEC tournament, for, you know, right before everything finishes out, just to potentially get a no hitter. I think that the best thing. Well, if he's if he's injured, why is he? What is? Well, he's not. I'm just, anyway. saying, I'm just saying why he's it, he has been out and battled injury before. I'm not saying he's yeah. injured right now. But let me just there's some fish. Listen, I think the worst thing that has happened that could happen for this Tennessee team, and I think it's the it's the 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 seventeen Warriors effect, is if this team has the mindset of we're just going to break every record, we're going to try to do everything statistically, we're going to keep doing this, we're going to keep doing that, we're going to throw no hitters, we're going to hit more home runs than anybody. I think they're going to not win the. Ch- I don't. They may even not make Omaha. I think they have to have they have to stop doing that. I think that's what they've learned. They're going to have they have to have the mindset of like look. We're going to break a lot of records. That's great. If that comes, good. But this is a championship or bust this season. And I think that they've changed their mindset with that after they've been they've gotten embarrassed a couple times, lost the series at Kentucky. And now the mindset is we're going to absolutely be as, as flawless as we can with game game time decisions, coaching, management, all that stuff. We're not going to throw a guy out there for more pitches than what we planned on before the game just because he's throwing on hits when we're up 21 runs and the seventh inning hasn't even finished yet. So I actually agree with that. I think that – the best thing this team could do is not have to worry about chasing all these records and all these things 
and and focus on truly just managing the game as perfectly as possible and championship how many, or bust. How many pitches do you think a player should be pulled as a, as a no hitter? Like you don't you don't want to throw somebody 150 pitches, but Christian, yeah. what do you think? Like how many pitches you think that he's probably if even if he's got a no hitter, he's he's got to come out. I think. I mean, it's different in college too because he's, you know, I think it's just different for anyone individually. I think typically I wouldn't want to throw more than 80 pitches, but also sure. in a game where you're up by 21, I mean, guys, I, like I would say you could, you could even limit that at like 65, 70 pitches. I just don't know why you're. He was like, less than 75 pitches through six innings. That's I think fine. he's fine. I think he's fine. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think he's dude, fine too. But here's the I thing: Vitello made a comment last week that said, "I said somebody was messing with or questioning about his pitch counts with these guys." He said, uh, "These guys have futures. They're not my rented mules," which was very telling that he's not going to overthrow kids when he's got horses in the stable. Yeah. But seventy-five pitches for a no-hitter, I might have let him go one more just to see. You know, yeah. I think I think go, letting him go to the seventh, that makes sense. I think anytime you're pushing him past that, I think you know, I don't know that it's worth it. But it, I, it would also be uh, just as a competitor, and and I'm sure he's probably thinking about his future too. But Dolander, like as a competitor, I'd be like, I'm like, coach, I'm going back out there. Like, I'm I'm finishing. You this, don't tell I'm, Tony Vitello what you're going to do. Yeah. I'm good. Let's go get that straight. Do you, right do you think? But, you know what I'm saying? Like, like. I was. I made that sound. I'm going out there, but like, coach, I want to finish this game. Like, I, I know, I know, I have a no hitter. Like, I want to try to get. I'll try to want to get a no hitter. If if we if this game happened yesterday, okay, and Dolander stayed out there, pitched a complete game through a no hitter, okay, mm-hmm. and we're talking about we're doing the podcast today, and what Tennessee baseball is on our discussion. Do you think we spend more time talking about a no hitter, or do we think you spend more time talking about the fact that they won twenty seven and nothing? I think we talk about the no hitter. No me and Danny are baseball. Me and Danny are baseball purists. We talk about no hitter. It's you, extremely think, hard to throw a no hitter in college. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I agree. But do you, so you think we would focus more time on a no hitter than than twenty seven? I think so, but I don't blame him for. I, as a fan, want to see the no hitter, and he mm. probably wants a no hitter. But also, no hitter is an individual, mm-hmm. and I don't think Vitello is about individual achievements. I don't think he cares about individual achievements, which is why he said this game's over. You're not you're not throwing anymore, and I think that probably Dolander was okay with that, and I think the fans need to be okay with that. But still, as a fan, I'd I'd like to see him. Yeah, go. To see also, us. you know, if that happens, Christian, and he, if this is last night and he throws into the ninth inning, and he's got 110 pitches trying to get a no hitter, and he throws his elbow out, then everybody's blaming Vitello. He just came off of injury three weeks ago. Why are we doing this? Just don't worry about the individual. Yeah. Easy to say after the fact. We're, yeah. we're pat, we're pat bevving it right now. Especially when you're so, up 20, hey, point, 20 runs, too. 20 points, yes. Especially when you're up yeah. 20 points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should have should Christian the baseball fan. I yeah. instantly corrected myself. <laughs> what quarter did he we, come out of? We've been what talking about basketball for 20, 45 we're up, minutes. We're up, 20, we're up 20 touchdowns, guys. No one's ever pitched in the third quarter. <laughs> Listen, how many people have a Tennessee baseball shirt on right now? A lot. <laughs> Out of the three of us? <laughs> One. <laughs> Why don't you look at the screen? Why don't you look at the speaking, screen? Speaking of bandwagon fans, let's talk about Major League Baseball fans. Yeah, and why, baseball. why is baseball losing so many fans? Now, I've got a, I've got a list of things. Okay, i got a couple things, too. Yeah. I, uh, a couple 
things I don't think we should freak out about. We're only we're less than four games in. Yeah. And I one of the things that really bothers me is I don't get to watch many Braves baseball games. And I like to watch baseball. Baseball games, yeah. But the thing is, I can't watch Braves baseball unless I pay for some kind of extra cable package or another streaming service or it's blacked out in our area. They're not making it accessible for everybody. That's one of the things while we're losing fans. And even though we are 40 games in, the I looked at you know the Oakland A's. They don't have a lot of fans at their game. I bet tickets are ten bucks and you can sit behind home plate. And uh, who else was the the people were really mad? The Reds. Uh, those those organizations kind of made an effort this year to clean house. To lose. Fans aren't <laughs> fans aren't going to support that. Yep. And also baseball right now in a world where you know action in every sport is sought after like we want to see the highlight dunks we want to see the touchdowns the, mm-hmm. the big hits baseball doesn't provide that baseball is a smooth game and it it's it's not it's more time consuming than anything but the the prototypical baseball fan loves that it's that slow and loves the nuances of that and you don't get a lot of those prototypical baseball fans anymore they're all they're wanting the action and it's not they're not if they're not getting immediate action, if it's zero to zero in the third, we're turning the channel because there's no yeah. action. Emery, what are some things you have? Things I had, uh, just like you said, just just the blackouts. Like so even I tr- I try to get like the MLB TV, like the streaming package or whatever. So I'm like, I find because first of all, Bally Sports bought out Fox Sports and they're in the disputes with Dish Network, Direct TV, YouTube TV, Hulu TV, like the only two cable slash streaming services that carry them right now are AT&T and, and uh, Charter, I believe. So and you're, AT&T, you're, I, I bought it last year, and mm-hmm. every time you try to watch a Braves game, it mm-hmm. lags so much. It would pause. Yeah. You couldn't get through an inning without it stopping and starting. So yeah, I ended so, up canceling my membership because I, I can't sit there through that. Yeah, so, I mean, so you're, you're just cutting out fans who, who, were, who are fans or who were fans <clears throat> because they're, it's not accessible. It's – and and the, I think baseball is trying to go. Th- I think Valley Sports is trying to create a streaming service um, that's kind of like Netflix, where you just log on and you're able to watch whatever team you want from anywhere. Um, but you're going to lose a lot of like how many fifty and older people are going to be able to tune into that streaming service? Like they're going to want to watch. Like they've done a great disservice with with putting people on on uh, not not having cable baseball games. Um, I think too, like some of the like people don't understand the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, so like the whole thing about, you know, pimping a home run, like some of that stuff, I, I get some of the unwritten rules need to stay, but some of the unwritten rules, like, like I said, pimping a home run, um, trying to get a hit when you're up eight runs. Like, I mean, that's, that stuff's got to go away. Um, the lockout obviously didn't help. I don't think. Um, and then, like you said, Danny, the attendance is down. Attendance in 2008 was 78 million. In 2019, it was 68 million. I mean, 10 million, 10 million difference. I, I think the pitching changes to the game is already long. I read an article um, in the last like five years, the games have lengthened 30 to 40 minutes because they change pitchers so much. Like, and the the, the example I use is actually a college a UT game. I went to them, watched them play Alabama. A&M, who was terrible, didn't have a guy that pitched all night that threw over 78. So, I mean, they're terrible. But Tony Vitello is like a guy will get – he would pitch 
and I'm sure obviously these guys are on pitch counts, but a guy, and they do this in the major leagues. This is, but this is the game that we're being general watching it. Guy pitched like the first inning and then the first, the next two outs of the next inning, and then he pulled him. And then the next guy pitched that out, and then the next two outs of the next inning, and then he pulled him. Like, make the pitching like it, it make the if you can make the pitching change in the middle of the inning, make the pitching change in the middle of the inning. You know, I know sometimes you can't, but like at that instance, if you're up eight runs, like make the pitching change in the middle of the inning. Um, so I think, and and just to um, what's I going to say? Oh, uh, just just starters aren't going. You know, used to they would go six, seven innings. They're going. Four and two thirds, five and two thirds, and they're getting pulled. So um, just the pitching changes have, um, and then I think two more things I was going to uh, say is youth leagues. Um, I know this is sounds crazy, but just kids aren't into it as much. And I think the biggest issue is that it's so freaking expensive to play baseball. Like if you're playing basketball, all you need is a basketball. That's all you need. But to play baseball, you need to. F- a four hundred dollar bat, a two hundred dollar glove, hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar cleats. I mean, it, a bunch, a bunch of extra people. Yeah, a bunch of extra people. Like you, you need a ton, you need a ton of equipment just to play baseball. I mean, and then to play competitively, you've got to pay. I know it's fifteen, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars just to play in the summer. So I mean, there's there's a ton of people that can't afford that. So you're getting you're losing a ton of interest in the youth just because parents can't afford to, to have their kids play baseball. And then Danny also mentioned that uh, they want to see home runs and exciting plays. Well, just in the last 10 years, 2009, 133,000 balls were put into play. And then 2019, only 118,000 balls were put into play. So we're striking out more, hitting more home runs, but it's actually less action than what it was when people weren't trying to hit as many home runs. Obviously, home runs are exciting, but they're striking out more, so there's actually less action going on. Yeah, I mean, I think, and obviously I'm not as big of a, especially Major League Baseball fan as you guys. I don't watch as much. I've watched more baseball this year than I ever have just because Tennessee's a lot better. Um, And I think one of the reasons I also watch them, regardless of the fact how good they are, is they don't, follow any of the I think you said about the unwritten rules of baseball mm-hmm. it's the dumbest thing in all sports it's worse than the NFL overtime it's it's just the stupid <laughs> why, why is it write them down if they're if they're not rules if they're real rules write them down they're not real rules so <laughs> let's probably write them down because they're not rules they're not rules it's like it's it's like, like a big club you have to yeah. you pay your dues to get in the club well that's why no one watches that's why no one wants to watch it. it's stupid every time something fun and exciting happens Oh my gosh, that would never happen back in my day. That's ridiculous. Cannot believe that. It's, we're going to penalize that guy. Like Tennessee baseball doesn't follow any of those things, and they're getting more. Sure, it's probably fair weather fans, probably eighty percent of it, but it's fans. I mean, yeah. would you take a bunch of fair weather fans for the Braves, like like they had during their run to the World Series? Yeah, yeah, it makes money. Yeah, fair, fair weather fans make money. I mean, the, you talked about Cincinnati, Rucker. They literally have essentially come out with the stance that like well we don't have to win They're hey not guys pay players to win the, and the reds did something that i don't think's ever been done the other day did you guys see this one without they lost, uh, lost. A, get, a game and there the other no team hitter. didn't get a hit yeah the pirates didn't there get a no hit. hitter and lost the game there, there were no hitter lost the game 
Yep. I think it has it had been done. I think three times before. The thing that. about the Reds is they were they were good last year. Yeah, and, and I, I went to the, I went to the Reds Braves game in June, and it was packed. It was a hot summer day in June on a Saturday. No seats to free in the house, and they got rid of everybody and didn't get anything in return, and Nothing. just done. And, and basically, fans are not not going. They're saying we're we're not supporting you. Yeah, and Oakland's do kind of doing yeah. the same thing. And other teams are doing the same thing. Like, why are you getting rid of people? And, and they're basically want? their stance is basically like, "Well, where else are you going to go?" Yeah, that's it. There's nowhere else in Cincinnati to go watch baseball. Yeah. So they either don't watch any baseball, or they come to a Cincinnati game after they get bored. And I just think it's insane that that's like that's the mindset of a competitive ball team. Like, it's crazy. Like even like in, is it any is it like that in any other sport? Like, I mean, we make fun of a lot of NBA teams that have, yeah. have tanked and all this stuff. And I mean, none of them really I don't stay think it's like been that. that bad, yeah. No, no, and I mean they they're trying. Like they they yeah. tank for a year, but then they they get they try and they that. have a bunch. Of, yeah, they just usually it's hard to get over the hump. I mean, the yeah. 76ers are probably the most notorious, you know, tanking scenario of of our generation basically. And look at them now. They're in the playoffs every single year. Yeah. They have arguably one of the best, players. like they did it for this to happen. And they're yeah. consistently staying with this because it's so hard to get over that hump. So yeah. I just think, I think the unwritten rules is the biggest thing, but like, and, and I will say the, the Kershaw situation the other day with a perfect game, which yeah. has happened less than 20, was it was a 23 times in major league baseball history. I think was the, was the number. That's not and, and, happened a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then they yank him like that to me was, like if a Dolander had a perfect game tonight, which he did, yeah. he threw he had a walk in the first inning, so yeah. he was nowhere near a perfect game. I mean, even like, even even at that point, that's just, this is just college to get yeah. a perfect game in the major leagues. You let the yeah. guy go and finish. Yeah. You let him. Oh, yeah. You let him tell you when he's yeah, ready to go yeah. at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's 162 games, and yeah. and they and they weren't up 20 points. <laughs> yeah. so i think that's a whole lot different too like yeah. that's another thing that goes back to and the, i mean if you're worried about him like overthrowing like just skip his next start like it's yeah. not that big of a deal yeah, yeah. Like, if, go get this go get this perfect game yeah you don't get it well and you throw too much we'll skip your next start we'll throw somebody yeah. else in there you are the dodgers exactly they have the best yeah. record in the league yeah we're the dodgers we could we yeah. can afford you to skip a start or no i get i think yankees have the best record in the league right now yeah. but they're mm-hmm. Like Kershaw's not even their best pitcher anymore. Yeah, like yeah, let I, the guy I, try to get you, a perfect you, game. And and that's and the MLB is more individualistic than than college too. Like yeah. that's a big like. It, it, well, they'll talk about that forever because that's that goes on Kershaw's you know whatever his Hall yeah. of Fame. It's Hall, yeah, all right. that stuff. You know, you you we may if Dolander had thrown a no hitter last night or tonight, whatever, we may never talk about the Dolander no hitter ever again for the rest yeah. of our lives. Like Kershaw, perfect game. Talk Every time that, anybody talks about perfect games, he, he he's, come he's, he's one of 24. He's actually – I think he has one, so he'd be two of 24. Yeah. So he has one one out of 12 of all the perfect games in MLB history. Maybe if he never had one before. You know, if he, if he does, if he does – as if he is one of the guys that has one, yeah. maybe yeah. that's why they pulled him. You know, like he does have one. Like if he didn't have one, I'd say – I'd be like, there's no way you're taking me out. I'm going back out there and throwing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. well, that's going to end episode 38 for us. Be sure to comment and tell us what you think of 
Pat Beverly in CP3, who do you think's better, kid or Nash? Why you think baseball is losing fans and what they could do to get fans? Be sure you tell us this week and uh, give us some insight on that. Before we close out today, you guys have anything before we leave? Uh, make sure you go get yourself a bottle of Heaven Store whiskey. Don't and don't let don't let, yep. don't let your waitress touch your waffle at Waffle House. Yep, Heaven's Door whiskey, no unwritten rules. Drink responsibly. Great advice. I don't have anything to add to that advice. <laughs> uh, be sure to listen to episode thirty-eight, which you already have if you're already at this point, and uh, we will see you next time.